and it has to go to Oahu, right? And they have to walk your application in. And the day that happened, I get a call from a person I hadn't talked to in three years said, hey, heard you got your real estate license. This is what I'm looking for. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Wichastegui. Today, I get to interview Blake Hill. Yeah, Blake and I have been talking on and off uh, through social media, through Instagram, kind of over the last year. He's been one of our, our listeners out there. He's with Hawaii Life Real Estate out in Kanapali, Hawaii, Maui, one of my favorite places in the world. And, um, and anyway, we, we were talking earlier in the year about what it was going to take for him to come on the show. He hit those goals. We're going to talk about it a little bit. Blake, how's it going, man? It's going good, brother. Thanks for having me on. I'm I'm stoked to be here and love living Kanapali. And I just want to say kudos to you for honoring your our bet. Yeah. Because without talking before that, I was I was really like, is he really going to honor this bet? And you did. It's awesome. So thank you. Yeah. No. The you we made a bet. You said, hey, if I if I can close this much in volume before the end of the year. How about you let me on? And but it wasn't long after that. Like you knew it was it was a loaded bet, man. Because the within a month you were like, <laughs> I did it. I hit that bet. I'm gonna get on. I was actually just talking to some guys that I work with uh, about that and the uh, about the bet. And when they were asking me who's your first interview of the day, so I and I appreciate you being on here. And right now it's it's uh, what did we say? Six a.m. your time. It's early. It's still dark behind you. As your dark. world, your as your world is just getting up. One of the things I like about uh, about Maui and about Hawaii is is the the time change out there. When when I go out there on vacation, I can work from like four a.m. to seven, and by the time seven or eight hits, the rest of the world is kind of finishing their day a lot of the time. So at least by noon for sure. What's real estate like out there right now? I know the last two years has been I'm kind of really interesting for Maui. I know some people that moved out there as soon as COVID hit. And they kind of they bought houses sight unseen, and at that time, early in COVID, you had to quarantine. So they like bought the house, would go, and essentially they stayed in their house for a few weeks until they met their quarantine. What's real estate been like over the past two years out there? In Kanapali itself, in the last two years, has gone up forty percent. So you've wow. seen that forty, and then you're right. We I see more neighbors that I haven't seen, and that goes by the dogs. You go, oh wait, I haven't seen that dog. And then, uh, so yeah, there was a lot of sight unseen. The market's still flowing. It's the, you know, inventory's tight. You still have multiple buyers. Uh, people are, people are still coming here. We're see, you know, you see it every day because we coming into the West side and most of Hawaii, you, it's really one lane in one lane out. So you see all the different tags flowing in and everybody needs a place to live. Yeah. Do, do you think that the, so right now, Short-term rentals are they allowed? Like, is Airbnb allowed in in Maui? Is it? Or do you have to be? With, is there special licensing? And and part of that question is kind of the idea of has the demand for housing, the the, the demand for real estate, or the demand for short-term rentals outpaced kind of hotel demand and things like that. Has that had any impact in the market? So you do you need a license. Um, a lot of these guys that came in were buying up properties and flipping them into Airbnbs and in neighborhoods. 
and then reducing the amount of inventory we had for the long-term rental market really started to, uh, lack of a better word, piss off a lot of neighbors. And mm-hmm. it, it's neighborhood dependent. And of course, there's illegals that happen. Um, I think the driving force behind trying to move the Airbnbs out is the big money behind the hotels because we do have so many hotels. And people, I think people would much rather come to an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they want to be able to cook themselves. It's a different, just it also depends on the time of year too and the clientele that's coming in. Imagine with COVID too, it just changed some of the experience, right? So the, if you could, because resorts, because those resorts in Kanapali, I mean, there's really nothing like them. You get all, there's all sorts of different versions and different levels, but as far as like people to go hang out by the pool and they can get brought food and the villas have kitchens built in. So there's all these like ways that people can vacation out there. But I imagine that the free, that, that, that changed so much. And so that a lot of people were like, Hey, I don't want to go stay there if I'm not going to have that same level of service. So now I definitely want to go to an Airbnb with a pool where we can, you know, get to enjoy weather without any of the other restrictions. Has the, have you heard at all about like our hotels getting full again? Are they, are they still half um, any impacts? No, during Christmas, we, during Christmas, hundred percent, it was, it was beyond busy. Grocery stores were packed, hotels packed. Um, you know, in the beginning, what they were trying to do is create a bubble within each resort. And then you had to stay within your resort. Mm-hmm. And then you could sit out by the pool without your mask and have a drink and, or, or do whatever you wanted to do. But the reality is when you have an influx of thousands and thousands of people coming in every day, you can't control the masses. They're, it's, it's like you, you can't tell someone, hey, or you can tell them, hey, you have to sit by the pool, but it's not going to happen. Right. People don't leave your out. resort today. Yeah, don't leave your resort. It's like people are like, hey, man, I've been caged up in the house for X amount of months. I'm not going to just sit here. So that's the beauty of the island. You can get away. You can go out to the northern side of the island and and get away from people somewhat. But but, but during Christmas, we're crowded and it's still feels fairly crowded now. My friends that are in the hotel, I think most are running around 50%. And then those hotels that have that steady clientele, they always stay at 90%. Do you think there's um, there's more people? That, so for a long time in Hawaii, there's a lot of second homes out there. There's a lot of houses that people own that, that don't stay occupied during the year. Do you think they're more highly occupied now? Do you think more people are, have moved out to Hawaii to stay? I do. Because it used to be like my neighborhood, say 10 years ago, you'd walk through at night and there were very few lights on and in a neighborhood right next to us. Same thing. Um, it, it's changed. Our neighborhood has changed a lot. I, I'd say we're, we're probably 75% now um, full-time residents, maybe 80%. And then the next neighborhood over in the estates, that's, that's probably going at about 50%. Um, full-time residents. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you haven't been an an agent for too long yet, and we're going to get into that, but how do you think the real estate strategy varies from, because you've heard so many strategies on the podcast, you've heard so many ideas, ways that people succeed. How does it vary in a place where 75% of the people are planning to live there and 25% of the people are want to own it as investments or second homes or, or, or that sort of thing. Do you treat clients different? What are strategies you've heard out there? The strategies that I would, that I put into place is, is looking at the client 
and knowing what's what's the driving force behind them what do they want to what do they want out of the property is it that that feeling you get when you you know you're you're sitting in the middle of america but you know you have that second home here and it it kind of warms the soul right you know you can always retreat there it's a great place to come and then also just asking legacy property what what's going to their kids grandkids the amount of memories that you've now accumulated within that property because you've spent every summer here with your grandkids or even your own kids. And then, um, you know, like my client, he, he's obviously a wealthy guy and he wanted a legacy property, but he also wanted something he could use and also something he could rent out. Yeah. So um, he wanted it to pay for itself. And um, so it's, it's all those questions combined. Yeah. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their pro- their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. The legacy properties is an, an interesting, I mean, I, right before we hit record, I was showing you that the yeah, here's a here's a dream house in Maui that I'm gonna, that I'm going to own someday, and I think about it for all those different reasons for for the legacy property for those things that that that, that last forever and getting to combine memories and and all sorts of different stuff. So, when did you become a real estate agent? I I decided so so that do you want me? I'll just go through the story. Yeah, real quick, real yeah. quick. So so COVID hits right. And I'm, I'm actually elated. Like it was really nice. We, I mean, we surf a lot to begin with my girlfriend and I, and my kids, my son's a pro surfer. And so we surf a lot. It was quiet. And through COVID I finished writing, I was writing a book, published that. And then, uh, so that was May of last year. And then around beginning of July, end of June, my girlfriend was like, you know, your book's done well, you're doing great, but you, it, it feels to me like you're yearning for something more to uh, increase your income, stay connected with people. You love connecting with people. So you've done well in real estate in the past. Why don't you be, why don't you become an agent? And I was and like, then, let me stop you there for a second. What's your book called? Westphalia. And what's the, and what's the book about? The book goes through, it's a spiritual journey 
just a, a spiritual journey dealing with emotions. Okay. And it's all dream based. All right. So, so the so you do that book, you finish it. She says your book's doing well. You've done well in real estate. Why didn't you get licensed? So, so keep going. Yeah. So she's like, you, I think you should get licensed. You know so many people here and you have so many connections in California. You should just do it. And I, so I the way I work is so I go, okay, yeah, that 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 sounds actually really good. And and in my head I'm thinking, I have thought about it, but I never executed. Mm-hmm. So that's when I find your podcast. I'm like, I'm a big podcast guy. I take my dogs on walks every day, like five miles. I like to listen in that time, either books, podcasts, something. So I find your podcast. I'm like, oh, these are great stories. And all you young guys, I mean, you're, you're a young dude, you know, young family. And it's very inspirational. And I've been in that position being young and, and going after it and trying to accumulate wealth. And so I was like... You guys were inspiring to me, all these stories. So I spent about a month just listening to your podcast every single day on my walk. And then uh, I went, all of a sudden the light switch flipped. I went, okay, let's do it. So August, I did the class all online. The 1st of September, I tested, passed. Then I spent about three weeks um, talking to friends, figuring out what worked for me and with my lifestyle and I liked Hawaii life and what they were offering. Um, I picked a mentor from there, which is another story that we can um, jump into. Yeah. Picked a mentor and, and just literally the day. So I picked my mentor. He says, all right, Hawaii life doesn't take new agents. I said, well, I'm not really new. I'm like, I'm 56 years old. I've flipped you know, probably 10 properties. I've owned rentals, vacation rentals. Like I have a, I have a, a really good knowledge. And so, so he says, well, let me see what I can do. So they sign me and then I submit my application and it has to go to Oahu, right? And they have to walk your application in. And the day that happened, I get a call from a person I hadn't talked to in three years said, Hey, heard you got your real estate license. This is what I'm looking for. And in my head, I'm like, I can't tell him I haven't officially got my license. So I said, all right, I'm on it. So I can't even get on the MLS. Yeah. And so uh, I go down to a friend of mine's house, a broker, and I'm like, hey, man, get me on the MLS. <laughs> I got to act like I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. which I did. I just needed, I needed the info so I could start shuffling a bunch of info to him. So uh, just kicked it off from there. And... Uh, and then once I knew I had him, I was like, okay, I got to parlay this into, I got to parlay this into something else. I got to use this opportunity. So that's when I reached out to you. And it kind of started actually, because you were on air and you had these crazy guys on. It was like the craziest guys you've ever had on. And I the guys out of Arizona, Jeff and yeah. Jeremy or Matt and yeah. Jeremy, right? And they started reading all these reviews and I was just coming back from dog walk and I read this review and I'm like, wait a second, I wrote that. So that's when I reach out to you and I'm like, hey man, that was my review. Here's what I'm thinking. And you're like, yeah, man, let's do it. So I made the bet with you. Yeah. The, um, and let's, so let's break that up a little bit. So the, so so very cool stuff. So this, you're talking four months ago. So four months ago you get licensed, right? Like September, like September, 2021, you're getting that on there. How did your, the guy that you knew for a long time, how did he know that you were an agent now? 
I started planting seeds as we, as I was going through the process, right? So once I passed, like when I was with the school and then I passed the test with the school, I would post that and say, hey, this is what I got going on. Um, just getting my real estate license. I, I passed my test. I'm, I'm really excited to, to keep moving forward. And I just kept doing that through the whole process and kind of telling the process through social media and telling people as I was, you know, out and about. So on Instagram, on Facebook, which both or Facebook mainly, some Instagram. And then I would text um, text people that, that I'm close to and go, hey, this is what I got going on. I passed this today. So um, through the course of the years, I worked in the movie business for a long time. And that was way before social media. So in order to keep up and as a freelancer, you always have to stay in touch with people, right? I'd send Christmas cards and it'd be guys I hadn't worked for in a couple of years, but I always send cards. And I didn't do it because I wanted to get business. I did it because I wanted to stay connected. Yeah. I felt like connections through time, it's just, it's just always good to have, to know people around the world. So, and I'm lucky to have been able to, to do that and travel and you just maintain. So you weren't doing hard selling. You were just reaching out to people you knew and kind of like celebrating with them. Like, hey, I passed my test. Thought you'd, thought you'd think this is cool. You weren't saying like, hey, can I be your agent? Um, it was like, hey, this is something new about me. What's going on with you type exactly. stuff. Exactly. And then, and then even before I started real estate school, I reached out to my tight group and said, this is, I don't, cause I don't really tell my goals, right? Like I keep everything pretty tight, but I reach out to my core group. And I'm like, I'm thinking about getting my real estate license. And, and every one of them were like, you should have done that years ago. So yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's do it. We'll do it now. Yeah. There's no, I've interviewed so many people in the last year or two where it was never, it's never too late, never too early. Right. I've interviewed agents like you that were starting as like, that did it as like a sixth or a seventh or an eighth career in their lifetime and other people that they're fresh out of high school and they do it as a career. The, the one of the beauties of real estate. And then one of the beauties of real estate, I think one of the benefits of getting your license much later in life, like you, is you have a network. You have a network of people already. So if somebody's, so the, there's a different challenge. If somebody's 18, 19, 20, they get their license. It's a different challenge for them to start reaching out to people. And somebody that's been around for a long time, you've had this network of people that you get to do. There's been, um, there was a, there's an agent out in, in Maui somewhere. He used to work at an art gallery, right? And he would get all these contacts from people from the art gallery. And I remember getting an email from him that said, Hey, I'm going from, I'm leaving the art gallery and now I'm getting into real estate. And here's, here's the contact info. And it was just such another way to like hit the ground running that even though you're, even though you're just getting started in real estate, you have these other networks, these other people. And if you can reach out to them like that, I, I love that idea that you were, I mean, it's just kind of the way like life works out sometimes, right? Like the, some people get a deal their first day and some people get a deal their first year after really dialing the stuff. Everybody's story is what their story is supposed to be. But you were, you're reaching out to people, you're planting seeds, and then your first deal gets to be a big one. So the, how did you, when, when you joined Hawaii Life, and you said you, you chose Hawaii Life by that system, right? but how did you choose your mentor? And, the, and what does that, and what does your mentor do for you? I chose, uh, I chose a guy who I've known for a while, and he's the opposite of me. So I was like, I need someone the opposite. And, and so interesting enough, like he, I felt like he was a good fit. Show me the ropes. He's very detail oriented. And, and uh, so we start out and it was, it was great. And then two days after I submitted my purchase contract, he calls me 
And uh, I'd already be kind of been flying solo by myself anyway. Um, I was just learning the systems. And he says, uh, hey, man, I'm leaving the brokerage. And mm. I was like, and he goes, I want you to come with me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not leaving. I go, I- I've started this deal. I'm going to finish it. Like my focus is my client and this deal. So, yeah. um, so we parted ways at that, at that point, And I just finished it up. I did have to call him a couple of times, but for the most part, I was on, I was on my own and my broker is great. She's awesome. And so, you know, just, I've done enough transactions and the first house I ever bought was without real estate agents. And I pushed really hard. I mean, that's what we are. We're, we're the conductors of the orchestra, right? Just putting all the pieces and keeping everyone going and keeping things where they should be and in check. So I, I'm very task oriented. So I'm good at that. So that's what I stayed with. I was like, I'm not going to focus on leaving. I think that'd be silly at this moment. I have to focus on closing this because we also, I, I pushed the closing date so my client could get this rental that was on the back end when I called the management company who managed the unit you know, because this, this place gets about six grand a night. So I, I wanted him to be able to close and then a renter step in the next day and for, you know, seven nights. So that's 42 grand that he right out of the gate goes straight into his pocket. So I felt that. So I pushed hard. So I was like, I can't be, can't be distracted. Seven days was a $42,000 booking. Yes. Property? Yes. Yeah. So the, so, t- so the property was a five and a half million dollar house. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And the, so if it's fully booked all the time, you're talking, you know, in theory, 150 grand a month in, in gross rents, if you could really, uh, if you could really get that, um, well, the way Airbnb works out is you don't really truly net that, but there was a few months during COVID where I had a, a giant property in California that stayed booked for, for about 120 days in a row or 90 days in a row, something like it was crazy time so the has he uh has it continued to rent since then yeah he's had it it's it's in a rental pool and it's actually within the great part about this property is it's zoned hotel okay so everything runs through the hotel and through the management so it's pretty it's very much so as uh as an investor and you have the money to to lay out through the course of the year you're going to net about a quarter million a year because there's there's hefty fees in there yeah yeah, I know hefty, especially if it's in, I mean, there are some, there are a lot of those houses and condos and stuff that are part of the bigger resorts that are, there's, there's the pros and the cons, right? And the, and the, the benefit though, is it's, if you're gonna have a second home and, and you have other people that can kind of take care of it and keep an eye on it, it sure, sure changes that mindset. What is, what are some of the things that you heard on the podcast that really helped inspire you or tips that you heard that were like, this is, that's helped me in my real estate journey? I think the biggest thing for me was everyone talking about how they, how they connected with people. Mm-hmm. And I've always, so it's figuring out, so I had to figure out like, what's my best style of connecting? And, and through that, that's, I, I think that's been the biggest part. You've had some, I mean, you always have great guests and there's always, there's always a nugget that's in there to go, yeah, I can relate to that. And that's through that connection and figuring out how to connect. And um, I'm not the guy who's probably going to sit down and go, hey, I want you to give me a fee to represent you as a buyer's agent. I'm, I'm 
not there, but I love the philosophy behind it. Yeah. So, so it stays in my head and I go, okay, well maybe someday I'll use that. But right now that's, that's not what I would use, but that's a great, it's a great strategy and it connects people and makes them commit. So. Yeah. That's, I think one of the most exciting parts about the podcast, right. Is that we get to have, we get to hear from so many different people and so many people have these different, it's like adding a tool to your tool belt and then being able to take it and modify it to be yourself. So the, so you, and, and you're talking about um, Don Winner's podcast. So Don Winner, right. he, he gets on there and he says, one of the things that he was, he would do is he would have the buyer's agent pay him and then it would come out of his commission later. But right. essentially he would do that because he didn't want to show them houses, then have them go hire another agent to do it. And I had a lot of people reach out about that. And some people reached out to me and said, that's a great idea. And some people said, I could never imagine doing that, but it's just a style, right? And then different people could take that and say, well, I'm not going to do that, but I am going to say this when I do it, or I am going to, or I'm going to explain to them, you know, there's all these different things where you can learn tips from somebody else and then help spin it in your own way. So the, so you've lived a lot of life, right? You, you wrote a book, you, you know, the, the surfing, the businesses, you know, the real estate investor and that, what is, what are some of life's biggest lessons that you would want the world to know? I think every day you got to wake up and you got to give gratitude. And I, I also, so I have a, I have a routine. I wake up and I, I do gratitude. I meditate every day and it's finding that passion within you and then defining it and sticking to it. And you don't always have to see, you don't, or I'm not saying you don't have to know where you're going. You just need to, to feel it right and see it and so so i i i i just culminate all those things and gratitude comes to mind and then uh, and then picturing yourself within success and what is success to you and defining success and it can't be what your buddy does or someone else does don't make comparisons you got to just stay within your success what works for you and where do you want to be so that would yeah. be. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Bob. You know, on an interview last week with agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on his massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. 
All right, so here's an offer. You guys are going to get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now, I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know? Best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. One of the things you said on your pre-interview was you're great at like kind of focus, visualization, kind of pushing, and I'm sure a lot of that's part of like meditation. But we're going to have, so it's the beginning of the year, right? It's, it's beginning of the year. People are starting their goal lists for 2022. They're trying to come up with what their goals should be. And if somebody's never done visualization, they don't know what it is, or they're not, or their goals aren't big enough. What advice would you give them as they're starting out to say, what should I accomplish in 2022? How can I accomplish that? How can they use visualization and things like that to accomplish those goals? I think first is should, you should do a vision board. I mean, you, you have a vision board behind you. It's a yeah. great way. It's something you see every day. I have a big one in my bathroom. Yeah. And, you, and change it up and, and go bigger than what you think you can actually do. Don't, and don't think about it either. Just picture what you really want. And then for myself right now, I, I do have a goal for how many transactions, but that's, that's just a number, right? So you need to bring in a word that invokes... Uh, feelings. So I visualize success. So what does that mean? I'm already successful. I know that. So I just hold that feeling of what it feels like to be successful, what I want it to feel like, and just maintain that. And don't let anything disrupt it. And you don't have to go, you don't have to go meditate for an hour. You could do meditation. You could do 10 minutes. But when you meditate, just focus on one thing, focus on one word. So create that one word that works for you. And is that just closing your eyes and just in your head, just, just saying success, success, success? Like what's the, is, is it, is it simple like that? I've gone through transcendental meditation. So I've taken the workshop and gone through that. So I actually have a mantra that, that I use, okay. but for someone else, you, you should create a word that, that is a positive influence within your life. Have you so, read the surrender experiment? I don't think so. So the, it's a great book about, um, and for listeners too, I, I listened to this, I, I read it several years ago and right afterwards when I decided to sign up for my first Ironman, but there, the, the, the author of that talks a lot about transcendental med meditation in there, but really the book is more about saying yes to the opportunities that come before you, right? And, and as he did, got deeper into meditation, he started to see more and more, but it was really like when, when, when things are coming up, it's more and more natural to go, oh, this is, I can take this decision or this decision, but I think this is the one I'm supposed to take. Instead of battling with the world and like fighting against what, if something isn't meant to be, you kind of know it because right. something else keeps coming up. And I had just read, uh, I just read that book and then a guy reached out to me. I just joined this mastermind and he reached out and he said, hey, you should do this. Are you going to do this Ironman with us? And I had never heard of an Ironman. I was the least healthy person ever, like that I knew at the time. I was, you know, very overweight and did not eat healthy and things like that. And I thought, 
that's crazy. And then uh, I said, no, I think you're thinking about somebody else. And then, and then another guy um, that I had just met said, Hey, I heard you were doing that Iron Man with us. A bunch of us are going to do this Iron Man together. And I said, Oh no, that's, that's not me. Right. That, that wasn't me. That was a different Aaron's a common name. Right. And the, and in this mastermind, they're like, Oh, it's a different Aaron. And then I showed up, uh, but it was the beginning of the year and I had decided I was going to get healthier and I'd hired a, a personal trainer and like my second or third day with the personal trainer, he said, all right, so we're, we got to get you ready for this Ironman. Right. And he goes, Oh no, wait, that was a different client of mine. And then I went home to my wife and I said, all right, I think this is going to sound crazy. I don't even know what this is, but I think I'm supposed to do this Ironman because it was like three different people, totally unrelated, don't even know each other. And then, uh, in any way and, and, and went off. So sometimes it is having those feelings, having those mantras, the saying yes to what's in front of us can, right. can create a lot of success in the world. One of the things you said was do things different than others and don't be afraid to be yourself. What do you, what do you mean about that? You got to stick to your true core beliefs. Yeah. No doubt about it. And, and if you fear something, you've got to push past that because Typically, success lies on the other side of fear. And I, I, I stick to that. Sometimes we have to put ourselves in situations that are very uncomfortable and you got to push through it. And it gets easier, I think, as you get older, or I feel like it's gotten easier. Maybe it, for some it doesn't, but because you tend to just really don't, it's not that you don't care, you're just not hinged upon the outcome. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break. Now you've been listening, you've been waiting, and now the big rent ready mystery can be revealed. Rent ready just launched rental property accounting for landlords. It's so new. I haven't even got a chance to check it out yet. Now you can easily connect your rental properties from rent ready to an accounting software created specifically for landlords with rent ready's newest partner, REI hub. Now I've used a lot of payment processing systems in the past, and it's always been a challenge even asking them to generate APIs so it can talk to our existing systems. And they're really, any type of software that collects payments doesn't make it very easily to do that. But now with Rent Ready, you can automatically transfer properties and charges from your Rent Ready profile. You can track your income and expenses with matching rules and payment templates to speed up your bookkeeping. View your profit and loss or cash flow by property or unit. Get your portfolio's balance sheet, schedule ease, and more. Guys, we're so excited about this. And here's something even more exciting. As always, with Rockstars, you get a special, special opportunity. If you're not currently using Rent Ready, you can sign up using our special code ROCKSTAR50 and get 50% off your Rent Ready subscription. Once you set up your properties, you can add rental property accounting as a premium feature. If you're currently using Rent Ready, go check out the new accounting features designed to save you time and money while you manage your business. And remember, it's Rent Ready with an I at the end. R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com. Thanks for listening. Go check them out. You said success lies on the other side of fear. You know, the, uh, another thing we tell ourselves is the, you have to go through something hard to see the beauty, right? But the, but the, yeah, the success lies on the other side of fear. So our bet, so Blake reaches out and, you know, in September, so we've been talking throughout the years. And then in September, he said, Hey, I just got licensed. If I can close I'm out in Maui, right? And it's a place close yeah. to my heart. Like you, you live very close to the place that I, right up the street from the place that I've stayed many times throughout my childhood and, and adult life and for memories of my kids there. He said, if I close 5 million in transactions before the end of the year, will you put me on the podcast as a new agent? 
and the, but like your other point, the, you're not really new in real estate. You've done other real estate stuff. And I say, it's a bet. It's a bet. No problem. You closed 5 million, but you knew, but for me, but for you, it was a loaded bet because you knew you had this other guy that you were kind of ready on. I don't think you, maybe you hadn't made the offer yet with it, but you knew you had a guy and you knew where he, what he was looking for and, and that sort of thing. And then you sent me the message. Maybe it was November. The, maybe it was December, but you said, Hey, I did it. The, I closed, I closed a five and a half million dollar deal. So one deal, five and a half million dollars. The, so you're GC, you're working on your own. So not part of a team like GCI and that's 130 K 140 K something like that. So your first year in real estate, your first few months in real estate, you're planting seeds, you're using that network and you got that deal. What did you, what did you learn during that deal? As I know you said, you're going to try to parlay it into something else, but was there any big lesson that stuck out to you during that first transaction and so far, and and what are your goals for next year with it? So let's, let's go back for a second though. When I, when I made the bet with you, he had really just kind of called me and said, this is what I want to look at. And it was a building that wasn't even complete. Okay. And it was, um, and they were, and the units and I were running between 10 and 12 million. And the funny part is, I was gonna, I was gonna make the bet at six million because I thought, oh, this is a shoe, and we're gonna, we're gonna do. We're gonna this. get a ten million dollar deal, yeah. Yeah. So, we hadn't really even began our process yet. He just asked me to look at those buildings for him. And going back to your podcast, I learned so much, so much through. Uh, well, I'm sorry, but we'll get back to your question. But I learned so much through your podcast, listening to people talk about getting in pre-construction, buying and selling before they ever even completed construction and having these huge returns. So I pitched that to him. I said, look, you can, let's buy two. Like if you buy two and then these are, these are two to three years out for completion after a second year. And there was no stipulation in the contract that he couldn't you know, sell early. I said, there's a chance you could pay for 50% of this other one. Yeah. You know, and so my favorite uh, ways to make money right now. Yeah. And another great thing I learned off the podcast was there was someone else talking about it is that within the contract through the, through the contractor, they could increase as you go along in years of building, they could increase building costs. And so, and that was one of the things that was hidden within that contract was, and no one had thought about it and I'd learned it on your podcast. And then, so when we go, I go, Hey, are building costs going to increase? And he, he said, it's in there, but it never happens. And I thought, never happens till it happens to you. <laughs> so, yeah. so those are great lessons learned on the podcast, stepping in with a client. So getting back, we make the bet. And I, I truly didn't know if I could actually close it by then. I didn't, we, and at that point, we were all over the map. So we looked at those units. And then there's a builder out here I really like. And he's developing um, 130 acres with 16 units not far from the house that you really like in McKenna. And um, so I was looking at doing that and bringing my guy in and investing in that. And then we were looking at houses and, and condos. I mean, we were all over the Island. And um, so I was like, we need to start kind of narrowing it down if I'm going to get my bet. But that wasn't the point though. I, the bet was fun and it was good and it gave, and it, and it pushed me to, to just stay focused. And what did I learn through the course of uh, taking on this client was just take your time, 
due diligence. And the most important thing is don't sit and think about your commission. That's, that's irrelevant. You're there to provide a service, do your job and be diligent. And, and that's the one thing I was forced into. Yeah, it was easy because I didn't have to go find help find a lender or do any of that. But I had to deal with uh, my client who's here, his representation, which is all in California. So you have a manager, three assistants, so and and an attorney. So I did a lot of reading and a lot of like staying on top of it because buying out where we we where he did, you're running under two different associations. So there's a lot a lot of paperwork to go through and going through it with attorneys and. Um, it wasn't just a walk in the park. So I hope that answered your question. We got kind it of does, man, the, uh, the power of visualization, right. We had talked <laughs> yeah. about that, like part of that bet, right. Like the, like, Hey, like if he had just reached out, just expressed interest, then it was going like, what's the power of visualization of like, Hey, what are, what are the chances? What are the odds? And then being able to stay focused, even, you know, any little goal, like I said, my vision board that I pass by every day, it's going to always just keep continue to plant that seed. And I had several goals that were on my vision board and, and checklist behind me last year that I hit that, that it seemed like I didn't actually do anything to work toward them. They just like happened by the end of the year. And it was funny how many I was able to cross off just because I had stated them, I put it out there, and then I had kept doing some of my day-to-day stuff. I love to... So the part of why people should listen to every podcast and get as much information as they can, right? Who, rem- who knows which podcast we were talking about with those escalation clauses and the new construction stuff, because not, not all of them have it, but being able to come in as a new agent to actually have that understanding to be like, hey, should we look for this too? Like what works well and what works doesn't? Like on the new construction, on the new construction where they lock in a price and there's no ex- escalation, it's like, this is a no brainer. We're going to put down a deposit. And if the market if it's not worth what we want at the end of, end of the day, we don't have to close it. But if it is, or if it's even better, it's like these, these great ways to parlay. So getting to hear something, when you were listening to that podcast, you weren't thinking like, hey, this is a, this is a, this, it's not going to be a thing that I'm going to do. But when the guy bring, comes to you and says, hey, do you want to do this new construction? Right? It wasn't a niche that you were going to focus on. But then when he says, hey, can you do this? You have some of that knowledge. That's, um, that's fun to me. That's exciting to me and fun that you were able to pick something out from that to where even as a, as a newer agent, you got to represent your client better. You got to represent your, yourself better and being knowledgeable from just learning from some other agents out there. What's your plan now for 2022? 2022 right now I'm hustling. I'm, I'm farming. I'm farming my neighborhood, the condos down from me and I'm farming uh, the, where at the montage where we sold this unit. So, um, keeping it tight and, and then I'm, I'm what I really, uh, like, I'm really good at, like, I, you know, I surf every day. I do have my little core. I, you know, tell them what's going on, but I'm, I like reaching out to people. So, you know, I, I just keep doing that. Just try to keep connecting. Yeah. I think we should all just keep connecting anyway. Cause if we help each other succeed, everybody succeeds. Like that's the whole goal, right? Don't we all want to be successful? Yeah. There's, there's plenty to go around. Right. And there's, and the more people connect, the more we can put random stuff together too. The more there's just, the more interactions we have, the more friendships we have, the more things where these, somebody asks me about something and I go, Oh, you know, the person you should talk to is Blake. 
And I know that because I know he's working on this right now. You know, it's very as simple as reaching out to a guy that you did some movie work with and going, Hey, I just passed my tests on this. Like who knows when that's going to turn out to somebody saying, I want to buy a house in Conopoly. And they're like, Oh, you should talk to, to Blake. So continuing to network Well, the, I know when I told you, I haven't been out to, uh, to Conopoly since, since March of 2020. Uh, when I left early to come back over here, but I will get out there again soon. We will go surfing when I get out there and you can, you could show me uh, some, some of the best spots I haven't seen um, in a while. What's the best way for listeners to reach out to you? If they want to learn more about, about Conopoly, if they want to learn more about your stuff uh, that you've been doing or your other book, right? So the, I think you also said for the, you know, the first 10 people that, that message you on Instagram, you'll send them the book. Everyone communicates, but few connect. True. Right. So, so if they DM me on, on Instagram, I'll just buy that through Amazon and, and send it right to them, ship it to them. So yeah, first 10 people, best way to connect with me. You can, you can DM me on Instagram. Um, you can hit me up on my email, blakehill at hawaiilife.com. Um, I don't typically give out my phone number, but uh, my cell is 808-446-2657. Shoot me a text. Stay, stay connected. Awesome. Move forward. The, um, well, Blake, this has been fun, man. The, uh, it's been fun getting to chat with you over the last six to nine months, seeing how you're doing with everything. And, um, and really very, very cool. Your story is very, very cool. I can't wait to see what you get to do next year. And I tell you what, I'm so proud and excited that by listening to the podcast, you were inspired, you got some ideas and it helps give you maybe some of that push to go further into real estate. So the, Thank you for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story and sharing your wisdom with the listeners. Thank you. One last plug. Yes. Go to o- Ocean Life Maui YouTube. I started a YouTube channel. I got that off of you as well and started just making videos, informative videos. So. Ocean Life Maui on YouTube. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's do it. And, the, and, and my team, Evan and Jet, you guys will put that stuff in the show notes for everybody. So awesome. Blake, thanks again. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. All right, real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one and I wanna make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have and also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free, but what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's 
at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.